It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up? Welcome into the Athletics Best on the Board. Michael Beller and Brandon Funston here with you on a Monday. And if it's Monday on Best on the Board, that means we don't care about what's happening still this week. We are looking ahead to next week, taking an early look at those Week 7 lines, trying to get ahead of the market and get in on some lines we think are going to move in the direction of the teams that we like. Funston, your maiden journey here on Best on the Board. How you feeling? You feeling confident? Well, I, I feel like if I can talk football and I watch football and I understand football, I should be okay transitioning from <laughs> fantasy football to sports betting. I, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I, think, pretty you, good. I think you can handle it. I got a lot of confidence in you here. You are filling some big <laughs> shoes. Andrew DeWitt usually with me on Monday, and he is sitting at 6-3 and three on the season right now. He's 0-1 in his week six picks. One of his picks is still happening later tonight, but, but he had the Bills minus 4.5 against the Titans, so we'll wait on that. His other one was a loss. He had Houston plus 10 against the Colts a week ago in this space. That one did not come through. I went 1-1 one and one yet again. I believe I've gone 1-1 one and one every single week on this show. Had the Cowboys minus 3.5 at New England. Thumbs up. The thumbs down was the Chargers plus 3.5 at Baltimore. So as I said, DeWitt 6-3 and three pending Bills and Titans. I am 5-5 five and five on the season heading into our picks for week 7. So Funston, you know the drill. Two picks apiece. Give us your first pick, the team you're backing, trying to get those bets in on early before the lines maybe change. Yeah, the, the one that's my favorite is Miami as the home dog at two and a half points, hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not quite sure what gives Atlanta the leg up here with the with the odds makers. Uh, they have two contested victories on the year against the New York teams, so not exactly the, the biggest badges of honor uh, there. <laughs> but look at Miami; they've had a rough year. They've been without Tua. He, Tua comes back in a game in a weird kind of setting, having to go to London uh, for that game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been knocking on the door of, of victories a few times this year, and finally, you know, you knew it was going to happen. Uh, I look at this Miami defense, and they were th- without Xavier Howard, without Byron Jones. Those guys are likely to be back for this game. Tua's second game back, be a little bit more settled in. They're at home. This is a ten-one team last year, uh, and I don't. I, I I see Atlanta just always kind of gets this nod of respect that I'm not quite sure they deserve. I don't think they're that good of a team. I think Miami is actually just a straight up better team than they are when they're at full strength, and I think they'll be closer to full strength this coming week. Here's where I think you may be getting into trouble in this one. And I'm not saying I'm just vigorously backing the Falcons minus two and a half. This is a pretty easy stay away early in the week for me. Here's where I think you get into trouble. Interested what you think uh, about this on the other side. This is going to be like the biggest difference in terms of time off that we see all NFL season. The Falcons are coming off a bye. The Dolphins, for some reason, don't get a bye after playing the London game. So they are coming back from London and then playing right away on Sunday. The Falcons, meanwhile, are going to have had two weeks off before they play this game. That doesn't give you any pause in the matchup? Uh, what's a what's a flight from my, Miami to London? I, I, seven I, hours? I, 
Is it think it's seven hours? Yeah. Six hours, something I, like that. You got to go so far south from London to get to Miami. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that that one's. It's hard to. It's hard to kind of. That's the kind of subjective take on how the people's body clocks are feeling and how every, everybody's doing. It's you know, I know rest during the middle of the season does help, but um, I I don't know. I I just to me I don't think it's going to have a, enough of a factor that Atlanta's going to come in and take this game. Um, if they do, I think it's going to be closer than two and a half points. All right. It's something to think of, something to think about, but you know, I don't really have the slam dunk uh rebuttal to that point. So <laughs> But you you have me unmoved off of where I stand. Clearly. Clearly. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And anytime you I mean, better team at home getting a couple of points Definitely not a bad way to go. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Atlanta does offensively out of the bye. They finally got Kyle Pitts going in that London game a couple of weeks ago, so maybe he gets a little bit more involved. Calvin Ridley missed that game. He's going to be playing in this one. I'm interested to see what this offense does coming out of the bye at full strength. We will see certainly how it goes down in that matchup with the Dolphins later this week. I'm going to the first game of the week for my first pick. Browns and Broncos on Thursday Night Football. The Browns are four-point favorites in this game, and I can't wrap my head around this one at all, Funston. This feels like a significant overreaction to the Browns you know, getting it handed to them uh, against the Cardinals uh, in Week 6 at home, a game where you know, we were really going to be using it, uh, we, at least we thought, as a measuring stick on both sides. Clearly, the Cardinals coming into this one at 5-0, and the Browns going into it at 3-2 and with two totally uh, defensible losses to the Chargers and the Chiefs, both by uh, less than a touchdown in those games. And so it felt like it could be a measuring stick game for them. But I think there's something we we need to uh, acknowledge that there's a mitigating circumstance for them. You know, Nick Chubb is not just any running back to the NFL and certainly to his team. When you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, you are looking at a much different type of Browns offense. They could be without him in this one too. And they could be without Kareem Hunt as well. And I think that all just leads to even more overreaction for this game. Browns are the better team. I don't care who they're missing on the offensive side of the ball. The Browns are the better team in this game. They get to play at home for the Broncos. It's a short week with travel uh, in this one, and it just feels like you know we're seeing the true colors of the Broncos over the last few weeks, uh, games where they really haven't been competitive. After the 3-0 and start, they are now sitting at 3-3, three and three, and I just don't see how they really can get the offense going in this one against that Browns defense. That Browns pass rush has brought a lot every single week. Miles Garrett looking like one of the best defensive players in the league this season. I think the Broncos have a lot of trouble scoring in this game, and I think even if the Browns are playing without Nick Chubb, seems almost certain they will be playing without Kareem Hunt. It's a game that they can control with what they want to do offensively. I like the Browns by a touchdown in this game. Yeah, and, and the Raiders came in and just, just handed it to the Broncos in their house, so that was that was rough to see. I, maybe Baker Mayfield's shoulder issue was factoring in a little bit, but he's you know it's a dislocated shoulder. He says he's going to be fine. He'll be ready to go. Um, so yeah, you have to think that it's business as usual. And if the Browns have their way, they'll hold the Broncos' offense down and not have to lean a ton on Baker Mayfield. Anyways, that's their mo every Sunday is to is to get to rushing attempts, rushing volume, control a lead, have that defense play up. So. Um, yeah, I'm kind of behind you on this one. Yeah, and something that we always want to make sure we drive home on this Monday edition of Best on the Board, we are also trying to find games that we think are going to move in the, in that direction. So I really think that 
th- that you're going to see this up to four and a half or five by the time this game's actually kicking off on Thursday. So I think this is the time. If you want to bet the Browns, this is the time to do it. If you don't want to bet the Browns, there's reasons not to. I grant you that for sure. But if you want to, this is the time to get in because I don't think this is sitting at just Browns minus four when this game kicks off on Thursday. And I think you identified one with your first one as well, that if you want to get the Dolphins, now likely the best time to do that. So that's going to be my first pick of the week. Browns minus four against the Broncos. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Funston, let's get to a couple more home dogs for our second picks here on the Week 7 Early Lines edition of Best on the Board. Giants and Panthers is where you want to take us. The Giants are three-point dogs playing this game at home. Carolina Another team similar to Denver, a hot start to the season. We've maybe seen some true colors shine through over these last couple of weeks. Tell us why you like the Giants in this one. And everybody was all about the Carolina defense early on, but the Carolina defense over the last three games is allowing 27 points per game. They're having some issues on that side. But then I'm looking at the Carolina offense, and I'm like, tell me who there's, how many difference makers they have. They have a really good receiver in DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson's been a non-factor. Tommy Trembles, their tight end now. Chuba Hubbard. Is is you know is a he is a serviceable he's fine he's not a difference maker though Sam Darnold Sam Darnold is showing his true colors as well and I believe is he not just returning to the stadium that he sees ghosts at (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, the Giants aren't a great team either let's let's be let's be honest but they're at home they've had they've they've had some contested games this year they have you know decent offensive skill players and uh we know daniel jones is capable of making big plays i just think that this is almost a pick'em game for me like Mm -hmm. i i think that carolina the way they're going right now they're just not a good football team and i think they're getting credit early on they're on the road in new york and i think it's a pick'em and i'll if i'm getting three points for the giants I think they have a decent chance to win. And, I, and I'm looking at past these last two games for the Giants, it's the Cowboys and the Rams. They might be the two best teams in the NFC or, or two of the three best if you want to throw Tampa in there. But that's those teams are clearly a class of the NFC, and I expect them to get there, you know, get it handed to them a little bit. Yeah, I would expect that as well. This is a game that it feels like the Giants can keep it close. Plus three at home uh, tells you that uh, you know, the, the odds makers are still viewing the Panthers as comfortably the better team between these two. I'm not sure we've necessarily seen that from the Panthers in the uh, in the last couple of weeks here. Let me just ask you just for the, for the hell of it, like if you were making the opposite argument, if you were saying uh, that the Panthers are going to be the play minus three, or if you were trying to guess where this could go wrong for you, where do you think it does, if it does? It's the Giants defense, even though there's not even though there's not playmakers on the Carolina side like the Giants defense hasn't really stopped anybody all year long. And I I think that's the issue is like I can't make the case that the Giants are going to be the ones to just throttle the Carolina offense. The case I was trying to make is Carolina just doesn't have a lot of playmakers, you know, but but they that doesn't mean they still might not be able to get it done on the offensive side. And, you know, this, this offense for the giants has struggled a little bit. So if Carolina can put a few points on the board, they might have a hard time keeping pace, uh, especially if no Kadarius Tony is there. Kadarius Tony, 
that, you know, that was a nice little boost to this offense. I don't think he's going to end up playing, but we don't know at this point. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely that he would be able to go. He was so questionable going into week six. He came out of that game in the first quarter. It seems like a stretch to expect him to play in week seven. So there's your second pick on the record. Giants plus three against the Panthers. For my second pick, Funston, I'm changing it up. Changing it up. I was going to go Seahawks plus four and, a, four and a half at home against the Saints with the thinking being, what have the Saints done to be favored by four and a half against anyone on the road? But something about like, what scares me about that pick, what scares me off of it in terms of I'm not going to make it my early play here is can the can the the Saints defense really just clamp down on the Seahawks and we saw the Seahawks you know have a pretty impressive second half offensively against the Steelers at least enough to get back in that game and force that game into overtime but I still do worry about that offense week in and week out one offense I don't worry about week in and week out is the Green Bay Packers and that's why I'm going to take them minus nine and a half at home against the Washington football team in this one the only thing that scares me about this is something you and I talked about before we got going. Ryan Fitzpatrick, eligible to return this week, could return this week for Washington, and a nine and a half point spread with Fitzmagic on the other line. That back door is open. That back door is open to a point where the Packers win this game comfortably. They've got a 17 point lead, garbage time, boom, boom, boom. You know, they hit a they hit a touchdown, they hit a two point conversion, and suddenly 17 goes down to nine just like that. And even though I'm on the right side, I end up losing the bet. But I'm not going to let that scare me away from a Packers team that really is rolling. And you see what they did against Chicago, and you think, ah, 24 points. They win 24-14. That was a one-score game in the second half. Maybe they're not quite rolling. Uh, we talked about this on the Fantasy Football Podcast on Monday. The Bears force games to be played pretty slowly, both because they do have a good defense and because of what they do on the offensive side of the ball, running so much clock with how often they run the ball. You saw a very efficient performance from Aaron Rodgers in that game. 195 yards, sure, that doesn't jump off the page. But 17 for 23, two touchdowns, eight and a half yards per attempt. That is an incredibly efficient game against a strong Chicago defense. He also added the rushing touchdown for good measure. So it's just an offense that has gotten rolling. We saw it in their win at Cincinnati, and that win looks even better a week later. We saw it in their win over Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. And again, Pittsburgh has its troubles, but still a very good defense. Green Bay won that game comfortably by 10 points. Go back to week three. They go into San Francisco, win that game. It's really just the week one anomalous game against New Orleans that they have totally put in the rearview mirror by now. Easily the better team here, and I think that they can win this one by double digits at home against a Washington team. that You want to talk about a team that doesn't have a ton of offensive playmakers. We just simply haven't seen it. Antonio Gibson still dealing with that shin injury. I just don't see how Washington keeps up with Green Bay in this one. That defense has been bad. That offense is sluggish. Even with Fitz back, I think the Packers win this comfortably. Yeah, I was watching the Washington football team this Sunday, and I was, I was like, man, this defense is so vanilla. They don't do anything yeah. exciting or interesting on the defense side, and it's almost like they think that they have so much talent up front that that will just be fine, and here they are, you know, six weeks in. That's not working for them, you know, and uh, Pat Mahomes was, was fairly comfortable all day long. I imagine Aaron Rodgers will be as well. So, yeah, I think, like you said, if it's Fitzmagic – and there's, you know, that chance for that backdoor mm-hmm. cover. But it feels pretty safe that, that Green Bay is probably up over this number for much of the game. And it's whether the garbage time gets you at the end. But, you know, if that's the case that you're worrying about garbage time, then mm-hmm. you're probably in a pretty good position to begin with. 
And we expected this Washington defense to be just as good, if not better, than it was a year ago. And look at what's gone down with this team the last couple of weeks. Funston, 29 points to the Giants, 43 to the Bills, 30 to the Falcons, 33 to the Saints, 31 to the Chiefs. And sure, there's no shame in giving up 31 to the Chiefs or 43 to the Bills. I guess there's a little bit of shame in giving up 43 to anyone. But those are still big scores. And then you give up 29 to the Giants, 30 to the Falcons, 33 to the Saints. And you tell me that you're going to keep Aaron Rodgers from getting 30 or 31 on you? I just don't see it whatsoever. So this is a game that I think the Packers win pretty easily by about two touchdowns in this one. Something on the order of 31 to 13, 31 to 17, something like that. And they cover the nine and a half for me relatively easily. And finally, get me out of the one and one malaise that I've been stuck in here for the better part of the season. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you've still got a couple of days to get in for 50% off. Go to theathletic.com slash best to do that. For Brandon Funson, you filled in amiably, my friend. Knocked it out of the park. DeWitt's going to be so I'm happy still, to see it. <laughs> I'm still thinking about uh, days off and, and traveling to England and stuff and how that impacts <laughs> the players, but... Other than that, I felt pretty good about things. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. For Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Best on the board. Back with you on Thursday when we take a look at college football week eight. Until then, good luck with everything you got going. Happy betting.